And you're on right now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Right here on the Mojo 5.0 radio network. And streaming on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Follow me on Twitter at right now Jim Dawes. Or shoot me an email at right now Jim Dawes at gmail.com. The website is jimdawes.com. And you can leave a voicemail that we can use on the show at 772 245 0750. Number again, 772-245-0750. Well, this is the fourth day in a row that we're covering uh, not just the atrocious mass shootings that took place in El Paso and Dayton, Ohio, but the Democrats and their mouthpieces and the media's reaction to them. And uh, their reaction is, and this this is uh, just pretty much the entire Democrat presidential field, is that one, Trump is responsible, two, all of his supporters are responsible, and three, this is a deeply evil country uh, infected with mass white supremacism and um, white nationalists hiding behind every tree. And uh, first and foremost, what they're trying to do is conform all of the news to fit that narrative. And yesterday we covered Trump's trip to Dayton and then uh, El Paso, and I watched it live. I watched the coverage, not on uh, Fox, the friendly coverage. I watched it on MSNBC and CNN. And it was clear that uh, what they expected was not what happened. There were no huge crowds in either city protesting Trump. Yes, there was a relatively small handful a very small handful in Dayton that were um, apparently outnumbered by the Trump supporters. Certainly it appeared that way. It was a little bit bigger crowd in El Paso, but not much bigger. And again, they were offset by nearly as uh, many Trump supporters that turned out. And at the venues that he went to at the hospital to visit with the uh, victims and the families and the first responders and the healthcare workers, he was re- uh, received, you know, quite cordially. As a matter of fact, the uh, the workers appeared uh, uh, downright hospitable. So I reported yesterday that, uh, that their narrative didn't work out, and I even played for you a clip from Ali Velcher over there at MSNBC who was disappointed with his reporter on the street because uh, he, he reported accurately that uh, the response to Trump's visit was very positive. So... <laughs> I thought, you know, that that uh, that was a uh, uh, that 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 issue was over. But no, you pick up the New York Times and the Washington Post this morning, and you would you would think that uh, what MSNBC and CNN was covering was an alternate reality because they reported that uh, uh, he was not welcome there, and that he had pushback, and that uh, you know his efforts to heal the divisions was a failure. And these are the papers of record. If And you read the stories and you, you find very scant evidence. Yes, they found 
I think, two uh, victims' families in El Paso that didn't want to meet with Trump. But other than that, there, there really wasn't any substance to these stories. They, they reported heavily on the mayor of Dayton and, uh, and uh, the Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown uh, sniping at Trump while he was visiting. I guess that is what they mean by, uh, you know, uh, not being welcomed. And then they blamed Trump. They went off on a tear because Trump, uh, you know, fired back on these these two. The headline in the New York Times was Trump uses a day of healing to deepen the nation's divisions. So apparently. And and Trump was responding to a lot of uh, a lot of attacks on him, dishonest, uh, politically motivated attacks on him. Apparently, he's just supposed to take it. He's not supposed to respond. He's not supposed to try to correct the record. He's not supposed to defend himself or his supporters. He's just supposed to accept their characterization of him as a, a, a crypto Nazi and white supremacist, white nationalist in the White House is the the uh, the new talking point over there at CNN and MSNBC. And if he dares defend himself, the Washington Post and the New York Times will say that he's deepening the nation's divisions. It's really quite amazing. Joe, Joe Biden was out on the stump yesterday. First of all, trashing the, the Constitution, trashing the history of this country, and, uh, and, and saying that uh, you know Donald Trump was uh, a white supremacist. I'll play you a little clip of that. President never tones down. Oh, no, that's that's not Joe Biden. That's Joe Scarborough. Here we go. At moments when we were most tested, American presidents have stepped up in the past. George H.W. Bush renouncing his membership in the NRA. President Clinton after Oklahoma City. Well, if he thinks that he's going to appeal to Republicans by uh, invoking George H.W. Bush, who couldn't even win re-election and, and uh, send us down the road with uh, eight years of Bill Clinton, that's that's not a very uh, strategically smart uh, reference there. But Biden goes on to uh, cite all of these other uh, presidents. George W. Bush going to a mosque after 9-11. President Obama after Charleston. Presidents who led, who opposed, chose to fight for what the best of American character is about. What is he talking about? The president that did exactly what everybody said he should do. He went to Dayton and El Paso. He showed up. He prayed with the victims. He he comforted the victims. He encouraged the first responders and the uh, emergency workers and the healthcare workers. And he gave a speech immediately in the aftermath of both of these shootings saying we have got to come together and renounce hatred that it rots the soul and the spirit. He did everything that Joe Biden is there telling you that did not happen. So Joe Biden is just, you know, once again, repeating this lie. There's deafening silence now. Deafening silence, he says. Sadly, 
We don't have that today. Our president has aligned himself with the darkest forces in this nation. And it makes winning this battle for the soul of our nation that much tougher, harder. You know, Joe Biden was never terribly bright. He's always been sort of a doofus. But once you add on top just blatant lies and dishonesty, he's, he's, he's going on there. Following up on his uh, campaign announcement where he lied, saying that uh, President Trump said there were very fine people among the neo-Nazis. And he's continuing to tell these lies. I don't think people appreciate that. I don't know how many, you know, among the public are, are dialed into all of this stuff, but I don't think people appreciate being lied to. Here's a, a a montage that Mark Dice, he's a, he's a YouTube uh, content creator, put together. It's a it's a long clip. It's almost four minutes of President Trump throughout the years disavowing white supremacists and and Klansmen. Um, he never said to white nationalists explicitly, and if he did, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I don't think he did. Uh, say he never said, "I don't want your." This starts off. I, I should have set this up better. This starts off with the. Um, one of the uh, lunatics over there at MSNBC, once again, repeating the lie that Donald Trump has never um, disavowed or repudiated racists. And uh, throughout this clip, you'll you'll hear interspersed, you know, them re- uh, repeating this lie over and over. Um, he never said to white nationalists explicitly, and if he did, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I don't think he did, uh, say, he never said, I don't want your support. Don't vote for me. I don't think he did. Uh, I was there every day. How do you feel about the recent endorsement from David Duke? I didn't even know he endorsed me. David Duke endorsed me? Okay. All right. I disavow. Okay. I totally disavow. The Ku Klux Klan. I totally disavow David Duke. I've been doing it now for two weeks. This is you're probably about the 18th person that's asked me the question. Uh, David Duke is a bad person who I disavowed on numerous occasions over the years. What he didn't do is say that that he was not going to accept the support of any of these fringe groups. I've rejected David Duke. Rejected David Duke. I've rejected the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan. From the time I'm five years old, I rejected them. Donald Trump refusing to condemn former Ku Klux Klan Grand Wizard David Duke. What do you see as the biggest problem with the Reform Party right now? Well, you've got David Duke just joined. A bigot, a racist, a problem. I mean, this is not exactly the people you want in your party. This was back in 2008 when uh, Trump was considering a run with the Reform Party. And he quit the party because David Duke had joined the party. He was a state representative uh, in Louisiana at the time. And uh, and he was actually getting some traction in the Reform Party. And, they, and uh, Donald Trump walked away from it. If he said on Friday, I disavow, why ask him again on Saturday? Why not disavow David Duke, disavow the KKK? What's going on? I'm saying to myself, how many times do I have to continue to disavow people? And the question was asked about David David Duke and various groups. When I put out that I reject the KKK and David Duke, nobody picks it up. You know why they're not? Because they don't want to pick it up. I disavowed him on Friday. I disavowed him right after that because I thought if there was any question. 
question, and you take a look at Twitter, almost immediately after on Twitter and Facebook, they were disavowed again. I disavowed them every time I speak to somebody virtually, and, you know, they just keep it going, they keep it going. I don't like any group of hate. Hate groups are not for me. But I've said this before. The press hates me to say it. They just don't want to pick it up. So are you prepared right now to make a clear and unequivocal statement renouncing the support of all white supremacists? Of course I am. Some of your supporters in Chicago were acting violently as well. And I have to say, the guy who rushed the stage yesterday at Donald Trump voted for you. Myself, I know it's not... If I have to take responsibility for everybody who voted for me, it will be a very difficult life. We're closely following the terrible events unfolding in Charlottesville, Virginia. We condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence on many sides. On many sides. It's been going on for a long time in our country. Not Donald Trump, not Barack Obama. It's been going on for a long, long time. It has no place in America. What is vital now is a swift restoration of law and order and the protection of innocent lives. No citizen should ever fear for their safety and security in our society. And no child should ever be afraid to go outside and play or be with their parents and have a good time. How can you trust anybody who reads from a teleprompter? I found it notable that he had to read pretty carefully these scripted words and that this was oh something that he could Oh my God, it's, it's never enough. It never will be about. enough. These people are lunatics. They so desperately want the president to be guilty of what they uh, charge him with that they're just ignoring reality. And going on with the smear, it's Gorbel's tactic. Tell a lie, tell a big lie, tell it so often, and it will it will become the truth. And it's exactly what the Democrats and the left-wing media are practicing here. They're blowing right past the truth, insisting that Donald Trump is what he repeatedly says, uh, uh, it hasn't said what he repeatedly has said, and that all of his supporters, you know, they're, they're, the new meme among the Democrats now is we're going to hold Trump supporters and his voters responsible. Well, <laughs> okay. If you want to head down that road, there's about 300, or, uh, 300 million people in this country. About 200 million of them are white. Many more of them are white Hispanics. And people are getting sick of it. And I think what the Democrats are doing, I said it on yesterday's show, I'll say it again today, they're setting themselves up for another landslide in 2020. We'll be right back. We now know that Google and YouTube aren't just silencing conservatives online. They're also manipulating their algorithms to interfere in the 2020 election. Meanwhile, big mobile companies are taking the proceeds from your mobile phone bill and funding leftist candidates and causes. This includes promoting illegal immigration, abortion, and gun control. You've got only one way to preserve the Constitution and the values that made this country great, and that's by sticking together. This means supporting each other's causes and companies. 
Leading the charge in this effort is veteran-led Patriot Mobile. With unlimited plans starting as low as $25 a month, you get the same crystal clear nationwide service with a portion of your bill going to support the causes you believe in. Come on over to PatriotMobile.com today. Switching is easy and you'll get a free month service when you use the promo code. Come on over. You do have a choice. Come on over today. PatriotMobile.com. That's PatriotMobile.com. Promo code. Come on over. The thing about uh, this is, uh, and the way you know that they're being dishonest, is because they want to focus completely on El Paso. And they, even in the El Paso case, they're counting on the fact that most people have not read this four-page manifesto that the shooter there put together. He was, in fact, a virulent racist. He hated uh, that uh, the country was being um, invaded, and I will use that word, by hundreds of thousands in fact, millions of illegal aliens, and uh, and he uh, t- decided to do something about it violently. I condemn it. The president's condemned it. All good people of good faith have condemned it. But if you read the rest of that manifesto, he was, in fact, a left-wing um, Marxist. His political views aligned quite nicely with Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, as did the uh, the shooter in in Dayton, which I pointed out on yesterday's show, appears to be the first Antifa mass murderer. Now, you would think that that would be worth noting, at least. Not a mention of it on um, in the newspapers or on uh, cable TV or network news. Antifa that's been there out, out in the streets attacking people, escalating violence for the better part of three years, has now finally broken through and and, uh, gotten one of the people that believe in their cause to dress up in black with body armor and a helmet and commit mass murder. I don't know what his um, specific motivation was with shooting his sister. Probably, you know, crazy. Most of these Antifa thugs that you see are crazy if you watch them. They're lunatics. But the, the people of this country are going to see through this. Trump has, has rightly called out, you know, what exactly is going on. So my critics are political people. They're trying to make points. In many cases, they're running for president and they're very low in the polls. Uh, a couple of them in particular, very low in the polls. If you look at Dayton, that was a person that supported, I guess you would say, uh, Bernie Sanders, I understood, uh, Antifa, I understood, Elizabeth Warren, I understood, had nothing to do with President Trump. Uh, so these are people that are looking for political gain. I don't think they're getting it. And as much as possible, I've tried to stay out of that. Oh, man. So. I'm going to play you a couple of clips here. The, the first here is uh, this Jonathan Capehart fellow. He's um, he's a uh, what do you call him? He advertises himself as black homosexual repeatedly. He he points out uh, at every opportunity that you know what he is there to do is represent this uh, this victim class of black homosexuals. Whenever he writes a column in the New York Times, he's always representing black homosexuals or blacks or homosexuals. 
And so, uh, you know, they bring him on there to uh, to represent the the viewpoint of some sort of victim class. It doesn't fit very well in this instance because the shooter in El Paso was targeting illegal immigrants and uh, the the shooter in Dayton, uh, you know, was a, a left winger. But Jonathan Capehart's not going to be stopped by that. This as an African-American, I feel a sense of menace in this country that has been growing, growing since June 16th, 2015, when he came down that escalator and made the first telegraphed message that, quote, Mexicans are rapists. I, I, I mean, I'm, I lost all words of reaction. He wasn't talking about Mexicans and anybody that uh, is not trying to, you know, force his words into their uh, their preconceived notions knows that he was talking about illegal aliens and very many of them that are coming across the border are victimizing American citizens and legal immigrants with murder and rape. And the president was pointing out, you know, these are not their best coming over the border. And guess what? About 67% of the uh, people in this country agree with them. They want that border secured. But uh, and they want illegal immigration um, solved. Capehart went on to to um, vilify ICE for conducting uh, some enforcement raids in Mississippi yesterday. Talking about the people in the in the Trump administration who are aiding and abetting what's happening, calling the Trump administration a racist regime, which is exactly what it is. And, you know, I think it was Adam Sewer who who um, made the point that the cruelty is the cruelty is the point here. The idea to Elisa's point that they would use 600 ICE agents, arrest more than 600 people, and have no plan for the children who are left behind on the first day of school is, uh, there are no words for it. Well, there might not be any words for it if it was true, but of course it's not true. ICE certainly has a plan uh, to deal with any children that are left Um as a result of their parents being arrested, just the same as the state does in any other case. And I'm getting a little tired of this whole thing that you're not allowed to arrest illegal aliens because they have children. If that were the case, you wouldn't be allowed to arrest bank robbers or people that were driving drunk or cheating on their taxes or anything, anything else. American citizens are arrested and separated from their children all the time. As a matter of fact, there's a, a, a couple, at least prosecutors, one of them being um, Kamala Harris, in the Democratic field who have separated thousands of children from their parents when she threw her par- their parents in jail. Why are illegal aliens somehow uh, exempt from this hardship that if you break the law and you're arrested and, and you have children, your children are going to be put into foster homes, put place for relatives, or in the case of illegal aliens, according to Thomas Holman, they receive even better treatment than that. Is he, if he's a sole care provider, he's a parent, there's no other parent available or any relative available, he will be released on an ankle bracelet to go home and take care of his child. No child can be left unattended. If there's another parent there, the dad may stay in custody. If there isn't, he'll be released. <laughs> so they just get an ankle bracelet and they get turned loose. I mean, this has gone on so long, this sort of permissive attitude is how we ended up with 20 million illegal aliens living in the country and uh, creating a magnet 
for a million more to try to get into the country every year. I'm not convinced that this is working for the Democrats. <laughs> I think they're really um, hardening the feelings of a lot of the people that, that whose votes they want in the 2020 election. I know it is for me. If you spend all your time uh, vilifying somebody that I support, calling him a racist and a white supremacist, you know, obviously for political reasons and saying that I'm guilty for supporting him, well, you can kiss my vote goodbye. we got to run out to a break. We'll be back after two messages right here on Right Now. Santa's dropping off way more than you expected this year. Thanks to Xfinity, the whole family can enjoy great coverage and fast, reliable internet speed up to gig, all at a great value. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. You know, I wonder sometimes, uh, the people that aren't on social media and don't have access to uh, citizen reporters, how much of this uh, BS they're actually internalizing and believing. You would think that uh, the Donald uh, Donald Trump administration was, you know, just... uh, uh, a peak of these mass shootings and that uh, that white people, white men were the most likely to cu- commit these mass shootings, neither of which are true of sh- shootings that the FBI classifies as mass shootings with four or more victims. Only 26% are committed by white men, despite the fact that white men represent uh, about 65% of the population. Now you could say, well, you know, most of that's just crime. It's not these random shootings. Well, a lot of that crime is in fact random. And to the victims, it really doesn't matter, you know, why they were targeted. But all that aside, the truth of the matter is there were far, far more of these shootings, even adjusted for his time in office under Barack Obama, than uh, than Bill Clinton. As a matter of fact, under Barack Obama, there were more mass shootings than under the previous five presidents combined. Under Ronald Reagan, eight years. Under Ronald Reagan, there were eleven. 
mass shootings. There was a total of five deaths. I'm sorry. Uh, there were a total of eight deaths. Uh, well, I'm having a hard time reading this chart. Instances with eight or more deaths equal five under Ronald Reagan. Under George W. Bush, there were 12 mass murders. Instances with eight or more deaths, there were three. Under Bill Clinton, there was 23 Mass murders, instances with eight or more, four. With George W. Bush, there were 20 mass murders, and instances with eight or more deaths, there were five. Under Barack Obama, the chosen one, the one who's supposed to be the role model for Donald Trump of reconciliation, there was 162 mass murders, and Instances with eight or more deaths, there were 18. So, you know, if the president of the United States is responsible for this, creating this atmosphere that's causing these, why are all the people that are saying that President Trump should act more like Barack Obama, why are they being paid attention to? And they'll say, well, you know, it's because Barack Obama opposes us. Well, yeah, so does, the pres- so does President Trump. It's really amazing. So we've got this, uh, this toxic atmosphere is being created. And they're trying to claim that Tucker Carlson is a white supremacist now. He actually had this uh, this guy, Waji Ali, I think his name is, over at MSNBC. And uh, to be honest, you know, Tucker Carlson has skewered uh, CNN and MSNBC, so you, you would be surprised if they, um, if they tried to take the opportunity to get him back. But calling somebody a white supremacist is a whole nother level. Well, they need to answer why they've given an hour every night to a white supremacist, because there might not be enough white supremacists in America to fit in a football stadium, but there is one for Fox News every night. His name is Tucker Carlson. If you don't believe me, Andrew Anglin, the leading neo-Nazi of the Daily Stormer, says that Tucker Carlson is, quote, literally our greatest ally. Well, what is this guy doing reading the Daily Stormer? Maybe he's a crypto-Nazi. He says that Tucker Carlson's show is all of their talking points mainstreamed. So you have to ask yourself, if you are a Fox News patron or a supporter, why do you support Tucker Carlson's show when he is literally saying after a mass shooting attack, an act of white supremacist terrorism that has killed more than 22 people in El Paso, he uses his platform to say that white supremacy is a hoax. And that is so insulting to any person of color, Don, especially black people, because white supremacy is the original enduring sin. Oh, it's the original enduring sin, as if other races in history haven't taken the opportunity to try to oppress and exploit other races. It's, it's strictly a white supremacist notion. No, Tucker Carlson is not a white supremacist, and just because a bunch of uh, cave dwellers over there at the Daily Stormer watch it, because it's, you know, he, um, he wants to curtail illegal immigration, that doesn't mean that Tucker Carlson is a white supremacist. 
Tucker had um, Julian Epstein on. He's a uh, Democrat strategist. He's one of these paid analysts that uh, cable news brings on uh, to try to give the opposing point of view. And surprisingly, he agreed with Tucker. It is unfair to say that everybody who supports the president is a white supremacist or a bad person. People may have all kinds of reasons for supporting President Trump. Um, and I just think so. I, I, I think that it unnecessarily polarizes and it's this kind of culture of contempt right. where everybody on the other side is an evil person and you look down derisively on them. And it's that insane. is toxifying. The and I just want to be very. And it is creating a toxic environment. It's creating a toxic environment where, oh, oh, for instance, Julian Castro is releasing lists of campaign donors that live in his own congressional district. I know, I'm not sure if it's Joaquin or Julian Castro that did this. I can't tell them apart. And it really doesn't matter because they both stink. They're both idiots. They're both dishonest. But one of the Castro brothers, the one that's the congressman, uh, went on and created a list of people that live in his own congressional district that have uh, donated to Donald Trump. And the the message is clear. He's, he's uh, identifying these people so that they can be harassed, their businesses can be boycotted, and they can be targeted by unstable people. And Antifa has already said that they're going down to Texas the governor of the state uh, told him that they better stay out if they don't want to end up in jail. But um, but it's clear what the Castro brother uh, is doing. And uh, for to his great credit, Willie Geist over there at uh, Morning Joe called him out on it. It is unfair to say that everybody supports the president. Is a- Ooh, let me try that again. I don't want anybody harassed or targeted. But they will be because you put their names on in public. Look, that that was not my intention. But that's these what things happen. are these things are public. No, what I would like for them to do is think twice about supporting a guy who is fueling hate in this country. Well, why would he why would he put the names out there if that wasn't his intention? If he didn't want him to think twice about supporting the president because he would dox them. And they would suffer personally, professionally, and they would be in fear for their safety. Why would you do that? It's exactly what they're doing. And they're not limiting it to Joaquin Castro's district. There's a case of um, um, a guy that's throwing Trump a fundraiser out in the Hamptons. And he owns a gym. And a bunch of these left-wingers are canceling their gym membership, including, hilariously enough, Michael Moore. Michael Moore said he's not going to this, I think it's a spin um, studio anymore, that he's canceling his membership because this guy's throwing a fundraiser for Donald Trump. First of all, (laughs) if Michael Moore is a member of this place, he ought to quit just because whatever he's doing or whatever they're doing for him isn't working. He ought to ask for his money back. He ought to get a full refund. But, you know, they, uh, they've tried to uh, organize boycotts of Home Depot as well because Bernie Marcus, who is a great guy, has created thousands and thousands of good-paying jobs, has provided uh, income for families, put roofs over their head, food on the table, sent uh, you know kids to college. They're going to 
boycott Home Depot to punish Bernie Marcus. They literally aren't fit to, you know, lick Bernie Marcus's boots. But one of these uh, constituents of Julian Castro or Julian Castro, whichever one of it is, he uh, he responded to the Castro brothers' statement on MSNBC. On the uh, interview with Willie Geist, and uh, he started backpedaling a little bit. But the truth is, that he knows exactly what he's doing. He's just, he just, it's once again, we're just as a, uh, I mean. As America's a free country, my dad fought in Italy uh, for as a combat soldier in World War II, and he was a big advocate of the First Amendment. He always said that Voltaire was his guide, that he didn't agree with what you said, but he defended with his life. You're right to say it. And the notion that uh, I'm not free to support or uh, think what I think is uh, and, and to be bullied with slurs of racism are just, I think, a lot of people that uh, of my generation that support the president are tired of it. People are getting tired of it. I I think the Democrats are going to overplay their hand on this. They overplayed it on Russia and they appear not to have any sort of impulse control for overdoing it. They, they flogged this dead horse of Russia collusion to the point where the, the whole country is just sick of it. Now they're moving on to from Russia, Russia, Russia to racism, racism, racism. (laughs) And I think it's going to come back and bite him in the ass. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this message. Well, it's summertime, and that makes it wild rice salad season. Wild rice is one of the healthiest foods, and there's nothing better than a cold wild rice salad waiting in the fridge when you get home after a hard day's work. Buy a five-pound bag of any wild rice product, and you'll get a free one-pound bag of wild rice and eight of our best wild rice salad recipes from Menostalgia.com. When you use the promo code free rice, wild rice salads are great as a quick meal or as a tasty side dish when grilling outside. And we're sending enough recipes to have one in the fridge every day of the week. That promo code again is free rice and it's good online in person or over the phone. Log on today at mojowildrice.com. That's mojowildrice.com or call them directly at 800-328-6731. That's 800-328-6731. You know, on uh, MSNBC yesterday, Nicole Wallace accused the president of um, wanting to exterminate Latinos. She later put it, uh, um, retracted it and said she used the term accidentally, but she didn't. She pulled that word exterminate Latinos out of an article that had, had appeared in the Washington Post that very morning. Um, but we had this uh, this other guest on there that... Uh, He's a former left-wing FBI agent who um, who put together this conspiracy theory about why the president was uh, taking down the flags that he had ordered flown at half-staff to honor the victims in El Paso and Dayton. He was taking it down um, today, as a matter of fact, on the 8th. I'll play you that clip again. We have to understand the adversary and the threat we're dealing with. And if we don't understand how they think, we'll never understand how to counter them. So it's little things and language and messaging that matters. The president said that we will fly our flags at half mast until August 8th. That's 8-8. Eight, eight. 
Now, I'm not going to imply that he did this deliberately, but I am using it as an example of the ignorance of the adversary that's being demonstrated by the White House. The numbers 8-8 are very significant in neo-Nazi and white supremacy movements. Here we go. Why? Because the letter H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. And to them, the numbers 8-8 together stand for Heil Hitler. So we're going to be raising the flag back up uh, at dusk on 8-8. No one's thinking about this. No one's, no one's giving him the advice or he's rejecting the advice. So These people are literally trying to foment a civil war in this country, but not to be outdone. Old Malcolm Nance over at NBC, uh, MSNBC, he's a former low-level field intelligence officer that has tried to pass himself off as some sort of high-level CIA analyst over there. He's written some, you know, conspiracy theory books, and uh, he fits right in over there at MSNBC. And uh, so not to be outdone, he is on the air uh, last night declaring that uh, white supremacist foot soldiers are receiving subliminal orders from Donald Trump. So apparently we've got, you know, this army of uh, white nationalists that are ready to uh, break out of their basements with their AR-15s and start uh, start these race riots, according to Malcolm Nance. You know, I'll be glad when this this particular um, what would you call it episode in our history is over with. Yeah, Chris Como over there uh, uh, parroting Joe Biden saying that uh, the Second Amendment doesn't actually mean that you have a right to keep and bear arms, that, uh, in fact, uh, Justin, Justice Anthony Scalia made it all up. So the words of the Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the freedom of, uh, to the security of a free people, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That doesn't mean that you actually have a right to keep and bear arms, according to Chris Como. That was just all made up by Anthony Antonin Scalia. There's an article today in the uh, in the New York Times that says that the squad, AOC, uh, Presley, Ilhan Omar, and Rashid Tlaib, well, they're the future of the Democrat Party. Actually, it's a... Uh, it's an opinion piece, but it says the members of this so-called squad are defiant and op- uh, unapologetic voices of the communities that produce them. And since being elected last fall, these four progressive Democrat congresswomen have pushed the limits on what most liberals mean by the contested term diversity. Yeah, you got uh, uh Presley saying that, uh, you know, if you're black, you have to speak for black people. If you're Muslim, you have to speak for Muslim people. If you're gay, you have to, you know, on and on. So you're not allowed to be a person outside of your your group identity, according to the squad. But I wish people would stop using this word progressive. There is nothing progressive about anything that these women are advocating. It's regressive, if anything. What it is, is is cultural Marxism. The squad, this article says, understands that diversity is meaningless if the, 
if the measure of success is sameness. The congressmen are choosing to do their politics in a different way because they recognize that Congress has never worked for their communities. Really? Well, I think it might have worked for Ilhan Omar's community. She was sitting in a uh, refugee camp in the dirt when they dusted her off, brought her family over here, gave her an education, sent her to college, and allowed her to become a U.S. congresswoman. I think it might have worked for that community. For Ocasio-Cortez, who claims to be from the Bronx, she says she was urged to stay in her place when she insisted upon committee appointments deemed out of reach for a freshman representative. How dare they? Do they not know that AOC was the, the new face of the Bronx and that she was entitled to be immediately promoted far beyond what anybody else could expect. But I hope the, the squad is the future of the Democrat Party because if that, that's the future of the Democratic Party, then the Democrat Party doesn't have a future. Out in Orange County, California, which used to be just a fabulous place, it's home to the Rose Bowl there in Pasadena, it's uh, become a blue district in a major part because of the uh, ballot harvesting that uh, the California legislature has legalized out there. But there was a um, a man who fatally stabbed four random victims to death and in- injured several others with a knife. He didn't have a gun, but he uh, was able to kill four people on this um, this rampage that he went on. And you know that this is not a white guy because it doesn't say it was a white guy and the headlines are in the first paragraph. You have to go all the way to the last paragraph of the story, about uh, eight paragraphs down, to find out that all the victims were Latino and so was the perpetrator. But if they uh, do go out ahead with gun control like they did in uh, London and the United Kingdom, what you'll have is, uh, you know, a rise in these knife attacks. As a matter of fact, you know that just a very, very tiny percentage of murders are actually committed with rifles of any kind, including these so-called assault weapons that they like to characterize them. I think it's less than 5% of people are killed with rifles. A lot of people are killed with handguns, but even more than that are killed with knives and hammers and fists. NBC Universal has put together a movie where it shows elites, wealthy people, putting together a hunt for deplorables. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the the great unwashed that live in in the center of this country and vote for Donald Trump. They put together uh, hunts. Well, they kidnap these people, these deplorables. Then they release them in the woods and they hunt them and kill them. Might not have been the best timing to roll out the promotion of this uh, detestable movie. So they've uh, they've 
taken down a lot of the advertising for it, but they're still going to go ahead with the release. The Hunt, it's called. Satirizes Killing of Deplorables. This is a, you know, a fantasy of these left-wing elites, the coastal elites. They have frozen the Twitter account of the Senate Majority Leader. Now, Jack Dorsey over there at Twitter has shut down the account for one of the three or four most powerful men in this country. Well, maybe the, maybe he's no, no longer, maybe the majority speaker in the U.S. Senate is no longer that powerful if he, he can be shut down because the reason McConnell was shut down is not because he violated the terms at Twitter or advocated violence or used foul language. What he did was post video of these protesters outside his home that were threatening violence against him, against him, Mitch McConnell. So they took videos out there of themselves gathered, you know, uh, saying, why don't we just stab him in the heart and calling him a murderer and uh, all sorts of over-the-top incitement. Mitch McConnell's team puts that on Twitter so people can see how they're acting. And Twitter or, uh, freezes Mitch McConnell's account. I hope that gives some impetus to uh, Josh Hawley's legislation that is going to uh, start reining in these platforms and tell them if you want to be, you know, if you want to make editorial decisions, if you want to be a publisher as opposed to a platform, then your immunity from lawsuits is going to be taken back. I never really understood why they're uh, allowed to throttle um, certain content that they disagree with without notifying the people whose content they're throttling. When you sign up for these services, you're basically make, uh, entering into a contract. And that contract is you will use their service and provide your eyeballs so that they can try to sell you stuff. And in return, they will give you a certain amount of exposure for you to uh, spread your views and engage in the conversation. And if they're over there throttling people and uh, denying them full access to the platform, they ought to at least have to tell you they're doing it so you can make a decision whether or not you want to continue to use that service. But they're not. They're not telling people when they're throttling them, and they're not telling uh, and, and they're um, they're censoring people because basically they disagree with their views. One person's views that they uh, they don't disagree with is uh, Rosanna Arquette. Rosanna Arquette, you know, made some pretty good B movies back in the eighties and nineties. She's desperate for attention, like a lot of these Twitter users. Um. What's her name? Uh, 
the Me Too movement person. They say outrageous things in order to try to get attention. Well, Rosanna Arquette wasn't getting enough attention, so she went on there and she said, I am sorry. I was born white and privileged. It disgusts me, and I feel so much shame. (laughs) Well, you disgust us too, and we're ashamed that you're white as well. But if you really feel that way, Rosanna Arquette, there's a solution, an easy solution. You can you can give away your privilege. You don't have to accept that privilege. You can take the money that you that your white privilege has uh, has gained for you in this country, and you can give it away. You can find some poor, oppressed minority, and you can give away your money. You can give away the keys keys to your uh, mansion. As a matter of fact, you can go down there on the border and and take yourself a bus and just uh, bring as many of these illegal immigrants that are looking for a place to live you can bring them up there to live in your mansion and you can uh you can provide uh you can provide for them food care health care all of that you don't have to continue to feel this shame that's overwhelming you to the point that you have to announce it to the world but if you're not going to do that if you're not going to have the courage of your convictions and act on your shame then please do just keep these opinions to yourself. There are children out there uh, uh, reading this stuff and people who are mentally unstable. They don't need to hear you say that there's something wrong with being born white. She's got 89,000 followers. she um, She got ratioed, what they call that. It's when you get more more comments than likes she got ratioed about 10 to 1 on that uh, particular post poor thing she just can't get any roles anymore so she's left to twitter to try to get attention want to thank you for joining us invite you back here again tomorrow on the mojo 50 radio network for another edition of right now with jim dawes When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department.